to Learn, Laugh, Leap. I'm your host, Shannon Paradis. My guest today is one of only four professional organizers in Minnesota certified by Marie Kondo in the Cone Marie Method, and her name is Melissa Klug. Now, please hang tight for the first couple minutes of this episode while I explain to Melissa why I need to talk to her so badly. And I promise you, by the end of this episode, you'll be inspired to make some changes in your own home, and it might even spark some joy. Let's leap in. This topic is so relevant to me right now. My husband and I recently entertained the idea of moving. And when our realtor came over and told us the first step toward listing our home is to declutter. After living in this house for nine years, just the thought alone of trying to get our home in staging order gave me heart palpitations. It's exhausting. (laughs) So we have been in the decluttering phase for about a month and it's such a massive undertaking. I'm quite honestly disgusted with myself and the amount of stuff that we've accumulated. Yeah. We've made several trips to Goodwill and we've sold a lot of other things, but there's so much work to be done yet. That said, it has been actually a very enlightening journey for me because I know that I can live with so much less and I'm happier yes. with less. And less stressed and out. I would less, I, so much less stress. Yeah. Like I used to walk around in every room. I'd be like, oh, you know, like, oh, yeah. this is I'd have to like tiptoe around things and we have two kids. I'm also learning this sounds so obvious, but if you pick up more as you go, there's so much less cleaning to do and less stress. When I know guests are coming over, like I used to spend an entire day cleaning because we knew someone was coming over on Friday. It's like, that to me is absolutely absurd. Or shoving everything in a closet and being like, I'll deal with (laughs) it later and then never opening the closet again until the next guests come over. Yeah. <laughs> Just the other thing. Yeah. Oh, so I wanted you to share your personal story and how you came in, sure. into this profession. And then we can dive into how you've impacted others through organizations. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I absolutely identify with everything you've just said because that's how I lived my life for my whole life. So yeah. um, I was a very messy person for 40 plus years of my life. Organization was not something I cared about. And I told myself all the time that, you know, I liked having a lot of things around me and I liked clutter. I felt like that was comfortable. And I had an epiphany. I certainly do not wish this on anyone else, but I had an experience where I found myself after a merger of my company, I found my job had disappeared. Well, like I said, I absolutely don't wish that experience on anyone. It ended up being extremely transformative for my home life and eventually my professional life, which is exciting. But I yeah. found myself at home. I was a corporate person. I had been traveling for 20 years. I had two small kids and I, I didn't care about my house. I was like, it's fine. I don't mind the clutter. When I lost my job, I had some time to reflect on, Hey, what do I really want to be when I grow up? <laughs> but also I had some time at home to go, what do I want my house to look like? I looked around and I said, I've been traveling for 20 years. We've got kids. We've got so much stuff. You know how kids are. It's just like stuff everywhere, yep. right? Constant. No matter no matter their age, it's worse when they're little, but 
when they get older, they still have stuff everywhere and hoodies all over the house and whatever. And I looked around and I go, oh my gosh, I'm not happy here. Like the Mm. space is stressing me out. And the common things that all of my clients say, I know deeply, you can never find anything. You lose your keys all the time. You lose your phone all the time. You can't find the kids' school papers. I could go on and give 200 examples, but that's how I was living. This is actually one of my favorite parts of my story is I remembered I had read Marie Kondo's book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. I had read it when it first came out. Okay. And I said, oh yeah, I had that organizing book here. I'll just go reread that. Could not find it anywhere. Oh, oh the irony. Was, exactly. So, and, and by the way, I have seen this happen with clients. I had one client, I was cleaning a huge pile of stuff. And at the bottom of the pile was Marie Kondo's book. And I'm like, yep, that seems about right. Yeah, makes <laughs> um, sense. So I repurchased the book and I read it and something about it really just clicked with my brain. One of the things that I want to get across to your listeners is you do not have to use Marie Kondo's method. You can use whatever method works for you. I just want people to be able to get organized in whatever way works for their brain. And for Mm -hmm. me, Marie Kondo's method worked so well with my brain. It had a lot of rules. You had certain things that you did in certain orders. And I was like, yeah, I can do this. I can follow these rules and I can check these boxes Mm -hmm. versus what sometimes happens with organizing is you get distracted really easily. You're like, well, I'm going to clean out this kitchen drawer. That reminds me I need to do laundry. Oops. That reminds me I forgot laundry detergent. So I need to go to the store. You can get very easily distracted. And so Marie's method helped keep me on track. Cutting to the chase. We ended up saying goodbye to about 60% of the things we had in our house. Holy smokes. And changed our entire relationship with consumption. I used to have Amazon boxes come to the house every five minutes. Right. Yeah. Yep. And I can relate. That was, yeah. Sometimes that was to replace things that I couldn't find. Oh my <laughs> um, gosh. We changed our entire relationship with our things and how we kept our house. It reduced stress and it reduced anxiety. It just made us happier, better people. So you're referring to us and we, oh, yeah. you're making it sound like the whole family was on board with this. Thanks for saying that because that is an important part of the story and not everyone has this. And I understand I did not force my family to come on this journey with me, but they chose to go on the journey with me because once they started seeing me doing this work, I started doing it just for myself in my own closet, but then they started to see like, wow, this actually feels really good. We did the kitchen together because that's a shared space. My husband said something that was really impactful to me after we got totally done. So our bedroom, we used to have clothes everywhere, clothes all over the floor. I have a friend that calls that a floor drobe instead of a wardrobe, (laughs) which always makes me laugh. I love that. Yeah, I did too. And he said, I did not realize until we got organized that I would get stressed out every time I would come into our room because there was stuff everywhere. He goes, I didn't even know it was making me anxious, but Mm -hmm. it was. That is the thing that I think you're describing too, is you don't know that it bothers you until you don't have it anymore. And you say, oh my gosh, it feels so good. What a relief. You're just more at peace. Yes. Like take a a deep breath and woosah. Absolutely. Yeah. To your point earlier, we have so many things. We are very fortunate in our society. We have so much stuff. In reality, you probably use five to 10% of your closet. If you think about what you use in your kitchen, you're going to use that potato masher once a year. I'm not saying you have to get rid of the potato masher, but just think about what do I actually use? It's a very small fraction of what you own. I'm actually in the midst of reading a book about decluttering and I I wish I 
could tell you the title right off the bat, but I don't know what it is. It says, you know, you only use 10% of your things. Yeah. And I'm, I'm at, oddly enough, I'm actually in my closet right now recording. So that's where I get yeah. my best sound. It's a great, great <laughs> but, place to record. But I have way too many clothes. There's a part of me that loves to shop and I love new things, but after watching Marie Kondo's show, you really have to hold each piece in your hand and go, what is this doing for me? And some people that feels weird to them, right? So that's, that's part of the process that most people know when they think about Marie Kondo, they say spark joy. And that is something that we're not comfortable with because we will look at an object sometimes and say like, well, does it spark joy? Well, what does that actually mean? Do I feel good when I wear this piece of clothing? Is this something that I would go like, yes, I feel like my best self when I walk out of the door wearing this, you can change the phrasing to be whatever feels good to you. But the point that I love about her method is you're not choosing what to get rid of. You're choosing what to keep and you are, yeah, you are carefully choosing the things that get to stay in your house. You get to make those rules about what stays in your house. You don't have to say, oh, well, Aunt Judy gave me this thing. I have to keep it for the rest of my life. Guilt is something that we deal with in all parts of the organizing process. Organizing is 90% therapy and 10% putting stuff in bags to donate. (laughs) You have to get underneath the layers. So they're not just piles. There's always something underneath the piles and it's psychological, no matter who you are. The guilt factor for people is high and it can be in any part of your house. So it's not just about guilt over a sentimental item. It can be guilt over, I bought this shirt and it still has the tags on it and I never wore it. Right. Or I bought this piece of furniture because I was at home goods and I was having a bad day and I decided <laughs> I needed a new chair, but I actually <laughs> hate it. And it's an uncomfortable chair. The guilt and shame is a big part of what we work on. And one of the things that I love is we try to say, again, it's not about getting rid of something. It's choosing what you're going to keep. And if you are really having a hard time, one of the parts of Marie Kondo's process is that you express gratitude to the item, which is another thing that sometimes people feel weird about. And we did it in our house at first as a joke, like, okay, (laughs) thanks shirt. You were a good shirt. Bye. And I know that sounds insane, but I'm telling you, once you start doing it and you can say, Aunt Judy, I really appreciate that you got me this figurine for my birthday when I was 10. I loved it. And I appreciate that you cared about me. I'm going to send this to another little girl who might be really happy to have it. And it's about releasing yourself of that guilt because you do not have to add that onto yourself and make your house a storage unit. Melissa makes a great point and says, you need to make your house a place that you will love to live in with things in it that you love to look at. Then we talked about storage spaces in America and how people will buy bigger houses just to store more things. If you go to my website, learnlaughleap.com, in my show notes for this episode, click the link America's Storage Problem, and you'll see mind-blowing statistics that will make you start to wonder if you're part of the United States consumer problem. But the thing that I see is things go into those storage 
storage areas and they are never heard from again. So it's different. If we're talking about holiday decorations, that's a legitimate thing that needs storage, Mm -hmm. you know, or uh, your kid is playing a sport and it's not in season for that sport. Absolutely legitimate use of a storage space. What I see a lot is that people will say, oh, I'm putting that in storage. I'll deal with it later. Later never comes. And then they have things that you end up moving three different times. I've seen people that have boxes. They're like, oh, this is from college. I've never opened it. And this is not a criticism of any of that. We all do it. Trying to get people to say like, oh my gosh, do I have some of those boxes that I haven't opened? And I have no earthly idea what's in it, which means it's probably not something that was that important to me. Mm -hmm. And if you are storing sentimental or treasured items in those boxes, if those are truly treasured items, let's find a way to display them, use them, honor them versus being put away in a box in a basement on a shelf. So it's about really deciding what are the things that are very important items to me, whether those are sentimental or everyday or just something that you love and brings joy to you. In one of your other interviews, you talk about items that children bring home. And I love that because I know that that's something that I deal with. You mentioned maybe taking pictures of things and then sending them off to Shutterfly or wherever and having them bound in a book Yep. instead of taking up three Tupperware that again are just sitting uh, and collecting yes. dust. Listen, all the items that kids bring home, whether it's from school or preschool or just life, that is one of the heaviest guilt factors because you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm throwing away this piece of artwork. If you keep every single thing your kid has to bring home in school, you're going to have to definitely get a bigger house because (laughs) it is going to take every bit of that. If you have a particularly sensitive child, you can put some of the artwork up on the refrigerator and it's a certain period of time that you say, this is going to go up for a week and then we are going to put it away and we'll put some of your beautiful artwork up next week. Then you as the parent say, does this reach the level of something that I really want to keep forever? And if the answer is yes, then definitely I recommend having one bin per child where you keep all their things and keep them separated by year because then when they graduate away from high school, it's easier to pick those things out, but keep only a certain amount of things. You don't need to keep every single thing that they create because it is so overwhelming. Keep those treasured things and keep them in order of the year and then very gratefully let those go. And I'm not saying it won't be difficult, but it can take over your house. So you were certified through Marie Kondo's program. I heard you say that it was like 75 hours of training where you have to prove that you know what you're doing and you're, you're serious about it. Yes. It's actually pretty, it's actually a pretty challenging process to get certified. You go to a training course and then you, like you said, have to prove that, you know, the method and the people who evaluate you are tough. (laughs) Really? Yes. You have to do practice clients and then you have to submit reports of those clients, including photographs of their spaces and and how you did things. And they want to make sure that you know the method. And so that you are really able to help clients. I am very grateful. I got certified in 2018 and then in the end of 2020, which was as we know, know. just the best year ever. Um, At the end of 2020, my, my win for 20, 20 was I made it to the highest level of certification you can get in the KonMari organization, which is I'm a master KonMari certified organizer. And what it means to me more is that I have been able to help clients, hundreds of clients and 
thousands of hours in their home to really live a better life. And that that's one of the things that I'm so grateful about my journey, because Mm -hmm. there were times along the journey that were very challenging, but I was able to find a brand new career where I am actually able to help people every day versus my old life where helping someone was creating a new spreadsheet. (laughs) I am... (laughs) Very grateful that I get to do this. So much more rewarding. It really is. I was fortunate that I was able to find, you know, that Marie was certifying people. And it's a method that I really believe in. But I also work with clients if they say, hey, this kind of isn't my jam. I like to meet people where they are. You know, I'm very flexible about how does your brain work? Tell me a little bit more about that. We're going Mm. to organize that way. On your website, you say, I'll meet you at any place on your journey, judgment-free and with a sense of humor, ready to go. I love that because you you really open your door to everyone, no matter what stage of life. And it removes the shame or the guilt around our spaces. Because like you said, that is such a big part of it. You open your door and you're like nervous that you're being judged. Absolutely. It's funny that you say that because I also feel judged the other direction. Like if someone comes to my house, I think that they're expecting things to be this Instagram show place. And I'm like, no, I'm organized, but my my house is not going to be featured on town and country, right? (laughs) It's it's a real house and real people live here and real people with real lives live here. It's not going to be perfect all the time. And that's not the goal of organizing. The goal of organizing is to help you live better. It's not perfection. I don't care what your house looks like now. Our goal is to make you feel better about the space you live in. And guess what? The definition of better differs for everyone. You know, how my kitchen is organized might not be how your kitchen needs to be organized. So I meet you wherever you are ready to go. And if that is saying, I just want 10% less things in my closet. Great. If someone says, I want a capsule wardrobe and I only want 10 things in my closet. Great. It's not a one size fits all journey. But no organizer, I promise, no organizer is judging you. They are just happy that you reached out for help and they want to make your life better. Do you ever, I promise, do you ever walk into a new space that needs to be organized with a client and get anxiety yourself just looking at the clutter? No. And here's why I just view everything as like a puzzle. So even if you take the most, um, I'll just use the word stressful space that I've ever worked in. I look at it and I say, this is just a Tetris game and Mm -hmm. we have to figure out how to move the pieces around to make it work better. We have to figure out what comes out of the house to make it function better. Whereas you're looking at your things as it's overwhelming to the person that is who's things they are because they look at them every day and it's stressful to you. And it's overwhelming enough that you reached out for help. Mm-hmm. I don't have the personal attachment to the things. I just see it as a project and as a game or a puzzle that I get to win. And so <laughs> that that's why organizers work really well with clients is because you have the personal attachment to the things I'm bringing you the project plan in a way not to be overwhelmed. An unbiased opinion. You don't have attachment to those things. So one of my favorite things to do too, is like, sometimes I'll give a client a suggestion about something. They'll just look at me and be like, oh my gosh, you're a genius. And I'm like, no, I'm not a genius. In fact, at all, I just don't have to see this every day. Like you said, I'm an unbiased observer. And so I can come in and say, have you ever thought about putting your shirts here instead of here to you? That was like, oh, that never would have occurred to me. But to me, 
It's just a space that I can move things around in and make it better. What tips do you have for someone who's just starting out on this decluttering or organizational journey? The absolute best thing I can tell you is have some sort of a game plan or a system. One of the reasons that I love doing KonMari with people is because it reduces the overwhelm. So I said earlier that I liked it because it had rules. One of the things I see and the reason that I think most people can't get past sometimes in organizational challenges, they get overwhelmed really easily Mm -hmm. and they just go, I'm not going to be able to make it better. So I'm just not going to, or they see a huge pile of things and they say, I don't even know how I'd begin to make these decisions. The best advice I can give you if you're in that spot is categorize and subcategorize. And here's what I mean by that. Let's say it's your junk drawer. Here's where to start. I'm going to separate the pens from the pencils, from the charging cords, from the old iPhone boxes, from the random keys that we don't know what door they go to. If you subcategorize the things and then you can say, all right, I'm just going to deal with the keys. I'm going to go around to every door in my house and figure out if these keys fit everything. If they don't, I'm getting rid of them. I'm going to see what pens work. I have a hundred pens. I think I only need 10 versus making a decision about, I have one pen. Do I need to keep that? Well, yeah, everybody needs a pen. Here's a pair of scissors. I need to keep that. If you categorize everything and then deal with each category at one time, you can figure out, oh my gosh, I have 17 pairs of scissors. Who knew? And decide how many, yes. (laughs) And decide how many of those you want to keep. So categorizing reduces your overwhelm dramatically. I saw on your CARE 11 interview, you had on the table an example of something from your closet. Yeah. It was so small. Yes. How do you do that? And what was in there? So I assume you're talking, were they my t-shirts? It could have been. I I could only see a box on the table. Yeah, it was probably my t-shirt. So one of the things that I learned in my training was most people in their drawers, they stack things. So everything's on top of each other. So if you take a shirt from the bottom, maybe the whole rest of the pile is going to topple over and then they're all wrinkled. And one of the best tips and tricks for drawers is to, I call it file folding. Think about when you have hanging folders, you can see everything because you can flip through them. You could do that with your shirts and your pants and your shorts. And then you're able to see every single thing that's in your drawer. A lot of people with organizational problems struggle because they don't even know what they have. You can put all of your shirts in that file folding order, and then you can see, oh, I want to take the blue shirt that has this design on it, and it's not at the bottom of the drawer, and I know exactly where it is. And it actually makes your clothes look better, and it makes you able to find things so much more easily. When I saw Marie Kondo's show, however long ago, I just laughed at the idea I'm like, that that would last half a day and would not work for me. And then as I started going through the house and the way that I, my process was to section things off. So like one day would be a certain drawer or a cabinet. And then by the time I got to the closet, I was totally into it. The hardest thing is to just start going. And so then I got really excited about doing that to my drawers. While they don't keep their file form entirely, their shape, they still are stacked on their side. And I know everything that's in the drawer. Yes. And you are able to see everything that's there. So I had a client the other day that was looking for a very specific shirt 
And we were able to find it very quickly because it was in the drawer where it was supposed to be. And, and it was, you know, the, the design was facing up. So I'm like, it's this one right here. You don't have to fold perfectly like Marie. If that feels too intense for you, I teach people what I call lazy KonMari. <laughs> so sometimes I teach people like the cheat way to fold things. So you can still file fold them. You can fold things however you want to, but just putting them on their ends versus stacking them on top of each other. It's really a brilliant way to do a drawer. Yeah. You have virtual organization that you offer. So talk about how, how that works. I think like everybody in 2020, you realize there are things that you could do over a phone connect, you know, a video <laughs> connection. And we figured out ways to organize over video. Like you've said, sometimes just getting started is the hardest part. Like mm-hmm. Once you get the ball rolling, you can get going. And you said something just now that is really important. I think organizing becomes addictive. That's the only word that I can use. Yeah. It becomes an addictive once you start it. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, I feel so good. Like I want this feeling to stretch yeah. to every room in my house, but getting started sometimes just getting that first drawer done or that first room or your closet is really hard. And so what we discovered during 2020 is I can do a zoom or a FaceTime with you and we can talk about what are your goals What do you want your house to look like? What do you want this space to look like? And then I can give you projects to do. I tell you how to do them and then you go off and you can do them on your own. And then we can do check-ins again. I can give you ideas of how to structure your space and we can do all that from behind a phone. I know it sounds crazy, but it worked so well last year when it was not great to be in someone else's house. It probably raised a red flag for a lot of people. They start working out of their homes and they're like, wow, this is what I live in. Cause when you're gone for eight hours a day, you know, maybe you feel reprieve in your office, but now you're like, you're stuck in it 24 hours a day. You can ignore it when you just have a few hours before you come home and go to bed. We had two kids distance learning. We had my husband at home and my husband does not have a work from home job by any stretch. You know, Mm. he's home, I'm home. You had to really make your house function in a completely different way. And you're exactly right. Like living in that every day, I think a lot of people realized my house doesn't work the way I need it to. But I also want to say, and this is important, there were tons of people that were organizing during that time, but there are also people who didn't use that time to organize. And I think there's some shame around that too. And I want to tell people, no, you don't have to worry about that. Just surviving 2020 was plenty. I mean, I know at one point I felt like, well, I haven't learned how to make sourdough bread. I'm a complete failure (laughs) failure in COVID times. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like a pandemic failure because I didn't learn how to make bread. And so I do think that there was <laughs> kind of this, this thing around organizing too, like, oh, well, I was supposed to get organized and I didn't. So now that's a failure. And I don't want people to get that message either. You have to be ready to get organized. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a situation like yours, you're thinking about moving. And so you have an external influence that is needing Pressing. you to get organized. But no matter what your reason is, you can have that reason come to you anytime. And then you will suddenly spark joy in your life by cleaning uh, and organizing. It is truly transformative. It's very important to me that people know that I spent 40 plus years of my life. I call it as a trash panda. (laughs) Like you absolutely can decide, Hey, I want to be different. You can absolutely change. You just have to be ready for it. Whatever that time is, it's the right time for you. You might actually end up making more friends because you realize that you are more willing to host your house. I mean, I guarantee you there's a 
large amount of people out there that don't have friends over because they are terrified of letting people witness what's going on inside their house. Absolutely. I have clients that one of the best parts of getting organized for them is they have said, I can finally have people at my house. And that is a super meaningful thing to them. I have clients who have not had people at their house for over a decade, like Mm -hmm. not even through the front door, that freedom to be able to welcome people to your house. Your house is your sanctuary. It Mm -hmm. is your special place. And being able to say, welcome to my home is a really big deal. Giving yourself that gift is really important. I do have a a personal question. My husband loves to cook. We don't have the biggest kitchen. We have the hanging pots and pans right over the stovetop. We've got our KitchenAid out. So every inch of counter space is spoken for. And, and he, I've talked to him about, you know, maybe putting some of that, some of that stuff away, but he uses it so frequently. He's like, let's just leave it out. And I like the way that it looks, he says. So what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, that, that, so that's one that is really a genuine challenge and kitchens, I think are the hardest spaces to organize because obviously you're in there every single day during the pandemic. I, I said, our dishwasher is the hardest working person in this entire house, but the kitchen space is really challenging because you see it all the time. It's the hub of any house. If clutter bothers you, then having things out on the counter is challenging. So in kitchens, there are often spaces that have, I call it prime real estate. We sometimes give prime real estate, especially in kitchens to things that we don't use all the time. So I would guess that you have some cabinet space or drawer space where it might be something that your husband only uses once a month or Mm -hmm. the, the once a year holiday stuff. Once you empty out those things that are used infrequently, you tend to be able to clear up cabinet or drawer space that then you can put some of those things on the counter away. So they're still in a convenient spot. You just bring them out while you're using them and then put them back away. In our kitchen cabinet, we had 47 coffee mugs for two human beings that drank hot beverages. They tend to accumulate quickly. Yeah. Well, I love (laughs) coffee mugs, right? Like they're fun. 47 coffee mugs. We had two entire shelves in our cabinet devoted to coffee mugs. We Mm -hmm. pared it down to 10, which frankly still is, is, you know, that's still a lot, but they make me happy. So they spark joy. They got to stay, but I cleared up so much cabinet space by just (laughs) looking at our glassware and drinkware. I was able to open up an entire cabinet where then I put the KitchenAid, the Instant Pot, those giant things that take up a ton of counter space. Mm -hmm. So those get put up in a cabinet. So they're off the counter. But I did that because I looked at how many other things in my kitchen do I actually not use? When you move into a house, moving is not that fun. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, as I'm coming to realize. <laughs> right. Moving is not that fun. And so all you want to do is survive. In kitchens in particular, I find that people just kind of throw things in a spot and they're like, this will be fine. It's a lot of work. So you don't go, I'm going to go reorganize my kitchen today. So those things just stay in that spot and you right. never really evaluate versus your closet where you say like, oh, that maybe doesn't fit anymore. Or that's not in style your kitchen, you don't tend to do that. So if you could have him take a look at what do I legitimately use on a daily or weekly basis versus a monthly or once a year basis, you might be able to clear up some space. There were a couple things. We had some friends that were moving and, uh, 
there were a couple things in our storage room that I was trying to sell no luck online and just like offered them up to the neighbors. She was so excited. One of them yeah. was like the um, egg fryer. It has yes. like four little pots and I'd never yeah. opened it before. She was so pumped about it. She's like, oh, we are going to use this every day. Great. If that's going to spark yours. joy in your life, you go for it. Absolutely. One of the things that reduces guilt for my clients is, and we talk about it, is you never know what kind of a great second life your things will have. It wasn't doing anything for you in your storage unit, but that woman was so excited about that Facebook marketplace, giving things away for free, whether it's Facebook marketplace next door, you are going to find some people that are so grateful mm -hmm. that they found XYZ item. <laughs> and I have story after story story of clients who have given things away for free. And one client that got a thank you note in her mailbox about she had given away some medical equipment. And this woman said, my mom can walk now because she's oh a walker gosh. at my house. Oh. Like she can come visit me and she hasn't been able to visit me before. I have story after story of things where people are so excited and then you do not have to store it in your house anymore. It's a win-win. I also just wanted to quickly mention, cause it's just happened to me. I found out about warnware.com through Patagonia. Okay. And they will take back anything that's gently used, you know, doesn't have holes or tears and they will give you a credit to their store. So I sent oh, in, this, that's awesome. I, I sent in one sweater and they sent me $45. Oh my credit. gosh. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I didn't even know about that. So you I mean, me something new, not, right? So not that it's an excuse to go buy something, right? Uh, we're trying to declutter here, but anyway. we are, but, but <laughs> one of the things that I learned in my journey was when I was cleaning out my closet in particular, my whole life, I had chased, you know, something that was expensive. I'm not from Minnesota. So Minnesotans would say spendy. Um, I chased <laughs> the expensive things by trying to use cheap things as a replacement. So example, if I wanted a very nice pair of yoga pants, I would chase the $15 knockoff versions of them. But sometimes I would buy four pairs of the $15 knockoff versions. Part of your point is if you can get a coupon to a store where you're going to go buy something that is going to be extremely high quality, last you forever, be something that wears well and washes well and all of that, you're actually in the end saving yourself money. And I, it took me a long time to realize that, but as I put dozens of pairs of $20 yoga pants into donation bags, I said, I was, I was chasing the nicer thing that I wanted all along. So I'd rather save my money for the nice thing that I want. When you have carefully thought about your purchases and you have spent the money and it's a nicer thing, you also tend to take care of it. Yeah. more carefully, you keep it longer. I definitely don't encourage people to go out and buy a lot of things <laughs> and spend a lot of money. And I don't want people to go out and buy a thousand bins, but it's really important to me that if you're going to only keep the things that are really important to you, make those things really good quality. And that's actually going to save you so much money in the long run. What is the home by 11 name in reference to 11 is my lucky number. I have two daughters and they were both born on the 11th and I was, oh a sur yeah, I was a surrogate mom for a friend. And that oh. baby was also born on the 11th. And Holy smoke. My, my husband and I were engaged and married in November, the 11th month. So it's like our lucky number. You have online courses, you've got group workshops, you have seminars. All you have to do to start is go to your website. Yeah. If one of the other things that I did was I started an online organizing course. You can get all of the tips and tricks that you would get if you got me in person, but you get them on video. If you're up at three in the morning, 
morning, you can watch me if that's something that you feel like doing. And then we have a private Facebook group where people can come to and ask questions. That is a way that you can get started, you know, on your own time. And it's $97. So instead of spending many hundreds or thousands of dollars in your house, you can spend less than a hundred dollars and get your whole house organized for people in the twin cities. I do in-person sessions as well. However, you're going to do it, whether it is with, you know, me or another professional organizer or on your own, it's an extremely worthwhile process. I, hopefully you're finding that out as you yeah. go on this journey. It really is a great, great process for people to go through and it's, it's transformative. You can change your life by getting organized. And I know that sounds very silly, but it's really true. Duh.